Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. Each and every week, I seek to help us discover and live in life-giving truth so that we can experience the fullness of Christ's promised victories over all of life's issues. You know, I can hardly believe this is week 42 of my 52-week commitment for this podcast. It was May of 2020 with the Lord's prompting that I set out to produce a podcast that would give us some genuine hope and direction for current events and life's issues. I want to see our Christian faith demonstrated in the world so God's power and authority are evident, so he's glorified, and countless numbers of people benefit from a right application of truth. Well, starting my podcast at a time when the entire world is under siege with COVID-19 and the many far-reaching and devastating impacts the enemy of God has sought to impose has been one of the major challenges in my life. With our real-world condition, I don't want to produce podcasts that talk about general biblical principles for living, as good and beneficial as they are. I want to produce podcasts that help people find answers and hope to our astounding real-life issues today in the here and now. I certainly don't have all the answers by any means, but I do spend all of my working hours researching and in prayer, seeking the Lord to help me discover truth that I can share with you each and every week. Now, I realize in the future when COVID-19 is no longer an issue, these podcasts will be dated. But there's no way I could produce a podcast addressing matters such as the benefits of tithing when people everywhere are being deceived. They're losing their health, losing loved ones, losing their livelihoods and freedoms. And so much more has been at stake this past year. For me to teach about tithing would be like the orchestra playing music as the Titanic sank. Do you know about that? The musicians of the RMS Titanic all perished when the ship sank in 1912. They played music, intending to calm the passengers for as long as they possibly could, and they all went down with the ship. Now, these musicians were recognized as heroes, and I understand that because they willingly sacrificed their own lives to provide whatever comfort they could for the rest of the passengers. But there weren't enough lifeboats and other life-saving devices, so their peril seemed imminent. Providing comfort to others was all they could see that they could do, and especially in that dreadful situation. But let me ask you, in these overwhelmingly evil present days, where it looks like the whole world could go down, do you really want to merely be comforted? Do you want to hear flattering words and platitudes to make you feel better? Or do you want to know the truth and the hope and the power and authority of Jesus so you can experience the victory of Christ? Christ died to give us victory. Christians who have the mindset that because the Bible is clear that in the last days what is right will be considered wrong and what is wrong will be considered right, and so we should just accept the world as we know it today, are deceived. They've been deceived by the enemy of God to be resigned and simply give up and allow the enemy to wreck all sorts of devastations and destruction. This is not the example Jesus gave us. Neither is it consistent with any of the mandates upon Christians. It's not God's plan for Christ to have won the supreme victory for the bride of Christ to then simply accept the works of evil, oppression, and destruction by the enemy. Do you see the trend of governments and the tremendous losses of all sorts on a global scale being so enormous that there is nothing you can do? Do you believe you have no power or ability to reverse the curses as we are seeing imposed on all of us today? If this is you, I want you to really take the time to listen to truth and everything I'm presenting today. First, I want to help you 
Let me help you probe your thoughts and your conclusions with these next few questions. First, are you a born-again believer in Jesus Christ whose spirit has been entirely transformed into a new spirit that is now holy and able to relate with God the Father through faith in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Is that you? All right, here's the next question. Do you believe the Bible is the infallible Word of God that provides us answers for any situation we will encounter in life? How about the third question? Do you believe that Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension has completely redeemed you and has thoroughly overcome the enemy of God and all sin and evil the enemy seeks to impose? And here's the fourth question. Do you believe there is nothing too difficult for God? If you have been responding to the world events from this past year and a half or so, especially with defeat and resignation, yet at the same time you answered yes to the four questions I just asked, then you are, according to the Bible, double-minded. You are conflicted. And for this reason, your hope is adversely impaired. I don't want you to be double-minded. You don't want to be double-minded. So let's see what else we can learn from Scripture. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 8 explains, quote, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. End quote. What I want you to realize from this passage is that while you may feel defeated, and you must admit that you're conflicted, and in that condition you cannot expect God to help you, there is also the promise in that passage providing direction and your way of escape and restoration so you can experience God's provision, protection, and prosperity. And this is a principle in both scripture and in prophecy. Whenever God speaks of a problem, a consequence, a doom, a peril, he always gives a way of escape. He always lets us know what we can do to avoid the consequences or at least lessen them. This principle of redemption and rescue in any situation, in any curse in life, is part of the unbreakable covenant God has made with humanity, beginning with his promises expressed in Genesis chapter 3, fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that covenant promise continues to be expressed to this very day and will continue until Christ returns for those of us who belong to God and are called according to his purposes. Now, let me make a couple of distinctions that I think are really important. We come to belong to God by repenting from our natural ways and recognizing Jesus as God's promised Redeemer, who paid the full debt of sin once and for all, thereby offering complete spiritual transformation to anyone who chooses to submit themselves to God through faith in Christ. However, to be called according to God's purpose is to partner with God in his kingdom plan for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. As a charismatic Christian, and I assume you are since you're listening to this particular program, you claim to believe that all supernatural gifts revealed in the New Testament are available to all genuinely born-again Christians to this very day. Yet, if you are among those who are living with an overwhelming sense of defeat in these days, 
and you are not expressing or living out what you claim to believe, this makes you double-minded and renders you powerless against the schemes of the devil. This is an example of where you belong to God, but you're not living according to your calling. As a result, you'll continue to experience the ravages of evil that the enemy is pouring out with all of his fury. With my having said all this, let me ask you yet another question. What choice will you make today? Will you continue to be double-minded and conflicted, or will you choose by the power of your will to place your faith in all the promises of Jesus with the intentional mindset that Jesus paid everything in full? I want to share a story to help you exercise your will to dig deep, to get hold of your resolve, to believe God for his promised victory, even over all we have suffered worldwide at the hands of the enemy through what I've come to term the plan-demic. Yeah, I believe this whole COVID-19 thing has been an instrument of the devil that he's planned for quite some time. A young man was getting ready to graduate from college. For many months, he had admired a beautiful sports car in a dealer's showroom, and his father could well afford it. He told his father that was all he wanted. As graduation day approached, the young man awaited signs that his father had purchased the car. Finally, on the morning of his graduation, his father called him into his private study. His father told him how proud he was to have such a fine son and told him how much he loved him. He handed his son a beautiful, wrapped gift box. Curious, but somewhat disappointed, the young man opened the box and found a lovely leather-bound Bible with the young man's name embossed in gold. Angrily, he raised his voice to his father and said, With all your money you give me a Bible? And stormed out of the house, leaving the Bible. Many years passed, and the young man was very successful in business. He had a beautiful home and a wonderful family, but realized his father was very old, and he thought perhaps he should go to see him. He had not seen him since the graduation day. Before he could make arrangements, he received a telegram telling him his father had passed away and willed all of his possessions to his son. He needed to come home immediately and take care of things. When he arrived at his father's house, sudden sadness and regret filled his heart. He began to search through his father's important papers and saw the still new Bible just as he had left it years ago. With tears, he opened the Bible and began to turn the pages. His father had carefully underlined a verse in Matthew 7:11, "And if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give to those who ask him?" End quote. As he read those words, a car key dropped from the back of the Bible. It had a tag with the dealer's name, the same dealer who had the sports car he had desired. On the tag was the date of his graduation with the words, paid in full. Research has not allowed me to find the author of this story, but most agree it appeared in a 1990 Dear Abby column and is believed to be at least 50 years older than that. The author is definitely to be commended for giving the world such a timeless and impacting story. When we live as double-minded people, we express a measure of disbelief that our Heavenly Father has given us the ultimate gift of His Son, who willingly gave up His deity to take on human form and live as the only sinless human being, allowing Him to uniquely satisfy the debt of sin once and for all. When we don't operate from a firm conviction that Christ has paid our debt in full, the enemy of God will find ways to invade what we do believe with fear of all sorts, thereby preventing us from experiencing the joy and victory Christ died to give us. Contrary to what the enemy wants us to believe, our peril is not imminent. 
Regardless of what mainstream media or Dr. Fauci report, and regardless of the obvious plans for destruction, the enemy continues to impose. We have to understand the enemy of God has been attempting to overthrow God's timeline. He has sought to accelerate the times the Bible reveals where he will elevate the Antichrist and demand the people of the earth to worship him. Yes, that will happen at some point in the future, but God has made it clear that time is not now. Now is the time when the great harvest of souls will come to Christ, the billion-soul harvest Bob Jones prophesied about. That's what is imminent, and the enemy of God has sought to prevent this great harvest of souls from taking place. He has worked to circumvent God's timeline and prevent the billion-soul harvest, and God is laughing. Oh, it doesn't feel the least bit funny to us. But listen to what Mario Murillo wrote on his April 12, 2021 blog post addressing the Democratic-created tragedies of our day. The title alone is pretty revealing, huh? Mario writes, quote, They will make the greatest bid for world domination in history. It is no longer just armies that threaten freedom. It's corporations and corrupt politicians. I believe that evil in all of its vile colors is even now rising to try to crush our freedom and our churches. They wield astonishing power. They have mountains of money, unlimited connections, and enormous influence. Will they destroy nations and borders? Will they drive the church underground? Is it possible that they can indeed plow under the entire moral foundation of America and even the world? Barack Obama, George Soros, and Bill Gates have plans, plans that could envelop the world. They are feverishly putting the finishing touches on strategies to redefine the human race, They are the apostles of the new normal. Conspirator number one, Obama, wishes to rule through a puppet president. Soros, the second one, is funding and managing global anarchy. The last one, named Bill Gates, seems to be pinning his hopes on a mandatory vaccine. Pandemic, economic collapse, and rioting provide the perfect situation for men to seize power. It is right out of the book, most favored by the deep state, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. The proof of their power grab? The illegal shutdown of the churches. The elites, who believe they are on a higher level of wealth and power, also believe never waste a crisis. And if there's no crisis available, they create one. This is not just about money. This trio despises Christianity and Israel. They are working to rid the world of the laws of God. They are described in Psalm 2, verses 2 to 3. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Let me interject here to what Mario is writing. As I said before, think of the Old Testament Tower of Babel. Mario continues, They are on a schedule for world domination. What is God doing? Actually, God is laughing. He is laughing at their plans. Back to Psalm 2 in verse 4, it states, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. God laughs and mocks their plans. He heaps divine ridicule upon them. But God's dealings do not stop there. Verse 5 says, Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. God is not only laughing at their plans, he will wreck their plans. His wrath will be poured out on all their vain imaginings. The word backfire does not begin to cover the next act of God against men who try to bury the church and set up their own kingdom. The nations are the express inheritance of Jesus Christ. 
Psalm 2 goes on to say in verses 7 to 8, The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And Mario continues, Every believer shares in this final victory. Every believer is more powerful and purposeful than they know. We should shake off all fear and helplessness and then confess the end times are not happening to me. I am happening to the end times. Barack Obama, George Soros, Bill Gates, you would do well to abandon your course. A mighty God protects us. The devil whom you serve is already doomed, and he will take you three down with him. My final warning is this, gentlemen, beware of what God plans to do about your plans. Psalm 2, 9-10, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be warned, you judges of the earth. But how should you and I react in this moment? We can fear and hide, or we can stand and watch God give us the weapons of supernatural effectiveness, words to preach that cannot be resisted, and the miracle provision to finish our course with joy. These are dark days, but God has not forsaken us. Rejoice! God is laughing at their threats. End quote. The mandate from Jesus for us today is to unite and boldly proclaim truth, regardless of the seemingly dominant influence of the lies of the enemy. Of course, I'm grieved beyond description when I read headlines such as Wall Street corporations team up with Soros-funded group to pressure states against election reforms. This article reveals these major corporations are using their funds to assure our election process remains corrupt. Or this other headline, White House unveils a wide-reaching billion-dollar campaign convincing every American to get vaccinated. This is spending our tax dollars to launch a PR campaign to get all of us injected with that which is only an experimental measure, according to the official report from the Food and Drug Administration. It is only a quote-unquote vaccine that's been authorized for emergency use. It's not a real vaccine. We are the lab animals in this whole thing, and there are countless reports of the short-term dangers of the vaccine without any knowledge of any long-term issues. Another very disturbing recent headline, Biden allowing federal researchers to buy aborted children again. And the headlines about the horrendous realities at our borders where children are caused to suffer and human trafficking and drug cartels are operating unchecked grieves me deeply. And if you want to know the sources for these headlines I'm mentioning, simply view the show notes by clicking on the title of this podcast episode. I've said before, many people ask, where is God in all this? And I firmly believe God is asking, where are my people in all of this? There are a few people like Mario Murillo who are clearly in partnership with God to see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And when I hear of these courageous men and women of God, It buoys me. It helps me process my grief. It helps me focus on the hope and joy that we are very soon to experience. And in fact, it's already started in some places. Mario Murillo, you know, holds tent meetings in California, and he has talked about them recently in his blog, stating that the tent has not just been holy ground, it has been ground zero for life-altering miracles. Ah, I would love to be there. 
Mario wrote that the Democrat created tragedy. And let me interject here. I don't think it's just Democrats. I think it's both Republicans and Democrats who have joined together in the self-serving power grab. Anyway, he writes, Democrat created tragedy is the biggest reason he expects the upcoming Modesto tent crusade to be different. The darkness and despair, he says, will itself be the catalyst for a fresh anointing and a raging river of miracles. The desperation of the people is why the power and the presence will intensify. The cry of the people is reaching to the heavens. Mario says, Another reason Modesto is going to be different is because of the workers. Psalm 110 verse 3 says, Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. Hundreds are lining up to work in the streets, in the neighborhoods, and in the tent. The groundswell of volunteers tells me this is the day of God's power. And this emphasizes my claim that our mandate from God today is for us to unite in truth and to be not only hearers of the truth, but workers of the truth. In fact, workers of the harvest. If you are blessed by the truth I bring each and every week, I need you to act on what you hear. One of the easiest things you can do is to tell others about this podcast and the hope and the direction God offers us. Listen, it's very expensive for my husband and me to fund the efforts of this ministry. You may think we have lots of money and supporters and all that, but we don't. It's just me and my husband's money. And like most people, our resources are limited. My husband and I don't look for my ministry work to be a profit center, but we cannot allow it to continue to be a complete expense. We'd like to recover at least some of our expenditures. And here is what I hope you will believe is a good idea for us to partner together and to jointly help people move out of fear and into faith by discovering the hope, the certain hope available to us all through faith in Jesus Christ. From the start, I've brought you sponsors and partners and offered my books at a discount. But for whatever reason, not very many of you at all have taken advantage of these resources. So I was seeking the Lord about this, especially with the renewal of my podcast coming up. And I was reminded of a comment that I got from a friend named Julie, a friend of many, many years, and I want to share that with you. She wrote, Hi, Pam. It's been too long since we spoke to one another. Thank you for putting into words what I've been thinking. I need a bumper sticker that reads, Make America Godly Again. You've also given great advice for how we as Christians can get busy turning the tides. I'm so thankful I have God in my life. I continue to remind people he is in charge and not to be fearful. May God continue to bless you. Love, your sister Julie. Well, Make America Godly Again is a term I coined months ago with this podcast. And with her input, with her comment, I've decided to grant her wish. I'm going to make bumper stickers that say, Make America Godly Again. And I'm counting on you, those of you who regularly listen to this podcast, to help me with this campaign. The bumper stickers will be $5 each, and I'm asking you to consider how many can you purchase and give away. I want us to begin seeing the term Make America Godly Again all over the place so that we can be encouraging people with the hope of what really will make a difference and save our nation. A man of God by the name John Hamill recently wrote that he inquired of God concerning God's covenant with America. John wrote, and I quote, In February, One of the most important queries I sought the Lord over was whether or not his covenant with our land was still valid before the throne, because the election results and other circumstances indicated the exact opposite. John asked, was God through with our nation? 
It's been 400 years since the signing of the Mayfair Compact, a covenant written between the first pilgrims in America and God to use this land to advance the Christian faith. So John, like many of us, seek the Lord for understanding. And from scriptures, God answers. John shared the word from the Lord, which was, You and this nation have been in a season of Isaiah 53, where the arm of the Lord seemed restrained and my people forsaken. But as of March 4th, I am bringing you and the nation into a season defined by Isaiah 54, where the hand of the Lord returns to his bride. Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 3 and 13 and 17 paraphrased, In your seeming barrenness, it is time to sing again. Enlarge the place of your tent, lengthen your cords, and strengthen out your stake. You will break out into the right and to the left. Your seed will possess the nations. All your children will be taught of the Lord. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Covenant with death will be annulled. Covenant with life established as a verdict from the Lord, a promise that will be fulfilled, and our nation will shift in return. No king but Jesus. End quote. And then John writes, paraphrasing Isaiah 54, verse 5, 7, 9, and 10. Your maker is your husband. With great compassion, I will gather you, for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my covenant with you and with this nation remains secure. My favor will not be removed from you, nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I have a link to the entire word that John posted on my show notes. I firmly believe if we unite in truth and actually become doers of the word and not just hearers of the word, that the fear and dread the enemy has so imposed upon us all will be dried up and double-mindedness will be a thing of the past. And as we are single in purpose, making America godly again, we will see nations of the entire world impacted for Christ. What else can you do to fortify your faith? Well, here are some ideas that I believe come from the plans and the strategies of God. Number one, make a point of joining together with other believers to encourage one another in the truth about the days in which we live. These are not the last days when the enemy prevails. These are the days when our covenant God is preparing the great harvest of souls where God and his people will prevail. Number two, immerse yourself in the truth of God's word and make certain any other input into your heart, mind, and soul comes only from trustworthy news and information sources. I will have some listed for you in the show notes. Number three, join effort with reputable sources and organizations like mine to promote the plans and purposes of God. You can sign petitions, donate, volunteer, purchase, and give away bumper stickers, and do many other things to promote truth and defeat the enemy of God. One of the things I recently did was to write an article and published it on social media to alert people to the dangers of the vaccine passport and what they can do to let their voices be heard. There will be a link for that article in the show notes as well. I hope it inspires you to do something similar. I will also list for you several other trustworthy organizations and ministries that you may want to become involved with. And number four, consider getting approval from your church or synagogue to form a small group to encourage one another in the truth during these times. You might want to listen to my podcasts on a weekly basis, then get together to discuss the content and what specific action you would like to take. Use your creativity and choose to do something that will help us encourage people in the truth and the hope of Jesus. Isaiah 59:19 states, When the enemy comes in like a flood, 
The Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Let's seek the Lord for all his promises to help us in the times of trouble. Then let's do all we can in practical terms to partner with God while seeking him to put his super on our natural. Next week, we'll continue with the encouragement and specific ways we can get involved in God's desire to see the billion-soul harvest and Reformation revival that is imminent. This is not the time for God's people to roll over and allow ourselves to be defeated. This is the time to roll up our sleeves and get into God's game plan to boldly and courageously declare the truth, confident that Jesus has already provided everything we need to overcome evil with good. I hope today's podcast has brought you some encouragement and direction, and I welcome your comments. I even ask you to connect with me. I don't want this to be a one-way connection. I'll share how to contact me in just a minute, but first, I want to introduce you to Edward Torres. He is a team member with Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, who can help you make your future brilliant. Ameriprise Financial, LLC asks you, what passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, or teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor, Ed Torres, with the practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. Offices located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to connect with him for a free consultation. He is my husband's and my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man we highly recommend. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. If you didn't catch that, my contacts are available for you in the show notes. Besides, I want you to be able to get some bumper stickers, right? So use your preferred method of connecting with me, whether it's directly with my email using faith to live by at PamelaChristianMinistries.com or on my social media or through the contact page on the website at faithtoliveby.com. Let's work together to make America godly again. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.